Hello, you're with Todd on Summer Valley FM. I'm with Stuart Burrows, the Director of Museums Bath at Work in Bath itself. We're inside the museum right now, so Stuart, thank you very much for joining me today. You're very welcome. Uh, so, tell me a little bit about yourself and the museum that we're in right now. Well, you, you may well know Bath has um, a lot of museums. In fact, it's got one of the highest concentrations of museums per square foot in the Northern Hemisphere, which is one of those little facts you might like to recall if conversation <laughs> flags. Um, and we're one of that number. We're to do with the city's working heritage over the last 2,000 years. And we are a local history museum which is concerned with ordinary people doing ordinary things, that is, working for a living. Um, we've got displays that go back to Roman times right up to the present day. And I think perhaps one of the things that distinguishes us from some of the other museums in the city is the fact we're interested in contemporary work as much as historical things. Uh, the museum is on three floors of a building which was constructed in the 18th century as a tennis court <laughs> when tennis is a game that you play indoors. I mean, we're not out of doors here, we're in, there is a roof. Um, and the museum's displays include... Um, a reconstructed uh, metalworking works, a soft drinks making factory, um, a cabinet maker's workshop, a display about Bath Stone, uh, a display about invention in the city, and um, exhibitions about the city's development in the round. I was going to say, because one of the largest exhibitions that's staring me in the face right now is a Hortzman's motor car, which is really quite something as a display you've got going on there. Yes, I mean, the, we have um, a lot of material to do with the Hortzman family, who are a German immigrant family. They started off making clocks, including a very rare example we've got of their early work, which was designed as a self-winding clock, um, it was supposed to uh, wind itself by changes in temperature, but it doesn't work, uh, which means I have to wind it uh, three or four times um, a week. <laughs> but the car, um, they made so much money out of making more successful clocks that they could invest in making motor cars, and they started making these... Um, small two-seater motor cars just before the First World War. There are only six or seven cars made by the company in existence, so it's oh, quite no. rare. I was going to say, I mean, like, it looks untouched as well. It, it literally looks like you just bought it out of the shop. <laughs> well, I think we, it has been looked after over the, over the last over 100 years. You know, it, it, it's been uh, in existence. I mean, the thing about these early motor cars is you'll appreciate they might not go very fast but they weren't very good if you ran them into a lamppost oh, so yeah, a lot not. of early cars tended to Is get badly damaged but um I, I think one of the very early versions of the motor car they used to hold a little flag if, even though they went so slow they used to hold a little flag yeah yeah you could you can travel more than you know a few miles an hour um and uh, in fact i i think i was reading somewhere that the first ever casualty uh a road accident was someone who saw a motor car travelling at slow speed and was so <laughs> astonished by the fact that there wasn't a horse in front of it 
she stood rooted to the spot and this thing knocked her over. Oh my God. And because she couldn't believe that something was moving without there being a horse in front of it. Um, so, and I think that was in the 1890s. But yeah, as you say, I think motor cars, the thing about the, course, the car that we've got, the horseman car, it hasn't got a speedometer. You don't know how far she'd go in. <laughs> so there's nothing on the dashboard at all apart from something that tells you how much, um, how much electricity has been generated by the dynamo. Yeah. Well, so there's no speedometer, there's no petrol gauge, there's nothing. It's not to see what even how much petrol you have got. to guess. <laughs> yeah. like, I think this is how much I've got left for this journey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even just like the, the designs of the cars now, nowadays to back then, I mean, obviously the horn is like three times the size of what you've got. Yeah. The, I mean, the other thing about these cars is they're not very good on hills. So if you, if you stopped on a, on a, on a, a hill, particularly like the ones in Bath or something like Dunkerton Hill, oh, you know, um, the, the, the engines aren't very powerful. So quite often you couldn't make a hill slight. You had to roll back until you got somewhere flat before you could start the engine again um, because they're, they're very small engines. You know. As Todd on Summer Valley FM, I'm still with Stuart Burrows, the uh, director of the museum's bath at work. We're looking at what we can see to be the very first wheelchair, which is actually called the bath chair. That is actually because it was invented in Bath, which Stuart will now tell you about. We, we've got an example of uh, the, the wheelchair. That, I mean, Bath's the place where the, the wheelchair as we know it is designed, is invented in the 18th century as the city develops as a fashionable spas or watering place, as they called it. There needed to be a way that people could be easily moved around, particularly if they were infirm, um, from the treatment baths, you know, the hot water springs, to their lodgings. Uh, and a wheeled vehicle was the easiest way of moving people about in a hilly landscape. A bath is, if you know it, pretty <laughs> hilly, uh, you know, going up. So these wheelchairs were designed to be pushed. Uh, you either paid somebody who was called a chairman, and they were all men uh, in those days, to push you up the hill and, uh, you know, drag you down it. Um, most of them... Unlike this particular example, which is an exhibition design, most of them were like a cross between a wheelchair and a pram. They had a hood <laughs> uh, which enclosed you. So, if you, you know, as I say, if you're not feeling too well, you, you could be enclosed exactly uh, against the uh, elements. The example we've got on display is a unique one. It was built for display at the great exhibition of 1851, the Crystal Palace exhibition, by James Heath. He's the person who, or Heath are the, are the people who invent the chair, the three-wheeled chair. So this example is, is rather more luxurious than the standard uh, issue models. But um, <laughs> it is, um, it, 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 it's one of Bath's many inventions. I mean, you can even see that there's uh, some sort of glasswork going on the side here, which... Um well. Yes, the, 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 on the three panels around the chair itself, there are painted uh, designs, which are called the Four Seasons. Oh, yeah. That's so it, it's in sort of typical Victorian. It's overdone, lots of decoration, <laughs> you know, these sort of... It uh, has to look fancy. <laughs> yeah, it has, it has to look fancy. Uh, I mean, it does look like a piece of furniture rather than, a, you know, something that you'd actually use. But then 
it is an it's it's not the standard issue thing. I mean, the exhibition models were designed to be looked at. The ones that, with the hoods are the ones that you sat in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, did these become more and more commissioned to the local, rather than just, obviously this design is for someone who had a bit more money than the average person, did they become more and more used by the local population? They start off as something that's really used in the city. Mm. As time goes on, you know, the people who make them start selling them all over the place. I mean, you can get them all over the country, they export them all over the world, um, and other people start making them in other parts of the country as well. So, so the idea of the wheelchair as we know it, you know, made in all sorts of different designs and different materials. I mean, it starts in bar. Yeah. But, but gradually out. it takes over. And I think, you know, it, it, it's interesting that um, the city's history or, or the, the heritage of the city is a spa town you know mm. it's all about healing it was all about healing isn't yeah it? it's, it's, all, about it's all about that and, and and there are all sorts of businesses in bath in the 19th and 20th centuries which are tied up with supplying the, what you might call the medical industry the medical trades mm. whether they're doctors or or what have you and this is an example of that it's a plain well it's, it certainly is i mean it just <laughs> Just the sheer design of it as well, because as you can see, there's plenty. Well, when you do come to the zoo, you'll see there's plenty of space for your legs as well. So it's not like you can't, you're almost entrapped as well. <laughs> this is somebody who's very luxurious who could basically stretch their legs out and be like, yeah. push me away. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it is the sort of thing you can imagine a, a Victorian lady oh, yes. or gentleman oh, yes. actually, either way, you know, perched rather. You wouldn't think this. it was more of a wheelchair. You would think it's more of a. I'm going to show off so that um, all of you people below me have to walk, and I get I get to be pushed around. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's still the fact that this is what we would consider to be well, well it is the designs of the very first wheelchair, yeah. and the fact that it goes back that far, and not only that, it comes from our own local city, Absolutely. is is quite a sight to behold. Absolutely. Hello, you're back with Todd on Summer Valley FM. I still wish Stuart Burrows were actually in the lemonade part making of the museum right now um Stuart, this kind of looks like a <laughs> mad chemist lab that we're looking at at the moment and sort of explain what it is we are looking at come on so our listeners can uh, get an idea of what we are looking at right well one whole floor of the museum has on display a reconstruction of a local business family called the bowlers in the 1870s set up a business that does every kind of metalworking, their hardware, suppliers, their plumbers, their gas fitters, their general engineers, painting and decorating, lay floorboards, you know, all of that kind of thing. They also own a soft drinks making factory. And in 1969, when the firm is closed, the premises were photographed. The, the, the original factory building was in Corn Street, and Corn Street is in the centre of Bath. It's n near the site of what's now Bath College. Um, so 3,000 photographs were taken of the interiors of the factory. And then, before the building was knocked down to make the Aden Street car park, every movable object... And that's something like half a million things uh, were removed from that building and brought into the museum building and the rooms of the works reconstructed from the photographs. So we've got a very good idea 
of what the rooms look like. Uh, in addition to, to taking the photographs, they also made a whole lot of recordings of people working in the rooms. So in the factory, in the museum rather, <laughs> we've got the sounds playing of people working in the factory as well as the rooms as they looked when the business was closed. The room we're looking at at the moment is the essence room. This is where they mixed the flavours which would go into the drinks. So, uh, you know, the lemon and the orange and the cherry. Um, so they'd mixed up uh, the sugar and the fruit. These flavours were like jam. You know, they were very thick. Mm. So rooms like this attracted every kind of vermin, you know. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Mice, rats, flying insects. Um, so you can imagine, in the middle of summer, which is when they make the most of the drinks, these yeah. places be full of flies and, you know. I was about to say I would enjoy working in it, you mentioned that. <laughs> I was looking forward to say, oh, that would be really fun for me. <laughs> well, I suppose, I mean, in those days, I mean, if you, if you go back to the 1870s, um, there are no preservatives um, and there are no fly sprays. No. So if you were making drinks, they basically had to make the flavours and make the drinks pretty quickly because if they, they, they wouldn't keep. So they had to make them and sell them, which is one of the reasons why they don't make many drinks in the winter because they're not going to sell very many of them in the winter and they certainly right. won't keep. No. Um, so it is, um, as you say, it's like a... Like a chemist shop or, or something like that. <laughs> it was just that. the best way to describe it because there's all these pots of different colours and I, I didn't realise that when we first got here that you were going to tell me it was the uh, the drinks making shop. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I suppose to be fair, the, re the other reason they have to be quick is so that people don't go, why is there a fly in my lemonade when they're drinking it? I suppose as well. Well, <laughs> the, it's one of the reasons why glass bottles become, um, you know, a, very, a, a popular um a lot, of, a lot of drinks were served in stoneware jars, and I'm sure your listeners will have seen those stone jars. They're sort of, it's quite often they've got a, like a, a light-coloured body and a darker brown um, a top. Mm. Um, and the trouble with bottles like that, they look beautiful, but you don't know how clean they are on the inside, and you don't know what me might be inside there, which is <laughs> crawled in. Like, Try to think. You, yeah, like your flies, for example, or slugs and snails, which <sighs> do, I mean, and you only discover them when you pour out the drink. That's the reason why glass was so popular with people. When, <laughs> when, when they're making drinks in conditions like this, yeah. it's not surprising that all kinds of what you might call foreign bodies get into the bottles and if they're glass you can see them if it's stoneware you can't not until you pour it out which is a bit of a disadvantage but yes th there's always a problem with contamination Hello, it's Todd here on Summer Valley FM. I'm still with Stuart Bowers. We're just inside the Museum Bath at Work Museum at the moment. Um, Stuart, obviously your museum opened up on the 17th of May according to the government guidelines, which when, when museums were allowed to reopen, as I've talked to many others during my interviews as well. Now, you've got some new ex exhibitions going on inside the museum as well. Um, if you want to tell us all about that. As, as yes, certainly. Yes, I mean, we opened for the first time in... 
I think we were open last in October of last year. So we opened on Monday the 17th for the first time. Been busy, <laughs> been busy, which is, which is comforting because we've not had much in the way of income you know, during the close period, we're all a bit stuck like that. Um, but we have got some exhibitions opening. Um, we have a model railway display, which was used in an ITV television programme, which was filmed in Bath, but some of your listeners might have seen, called McDonald and Dodds. Um, um, and in... I think it was the most recent episode. There's a railway layout which is in the in the plot in the crime plot. So we've got that, uh, and um, we've got trains running on it in the afternoons. So that's one thing. We've got an exhibition about something called the Bath Arts Workshop, which formed in 1969, community arts project. Um, you know, if you've got an idea of the 1970s and sort of long-haired students doing yeah. street theatre, <laughs> um, it starts with groups like the Bath Arts Workshop, environmental arts, recycling, bikes, um, whole food. You know, I'm sure you got the picture. Uh, and it's almost, it's just over 50 years old. So we've got an exhibition about all of those mad cap antics back in the 1970s along with all the all the permanent displays that we've got um the museum's open every day now uh we open at 10 30 in the morning last admissions at four o'clock in the afternoon uh there are guided tours um there are free audio guides um Every afternoon at 2pm, the director of the museum, that's me, <laughs> gives a 10-minute talk about something interesting in the museum. Well, Lisa, it'll be something that I think is interesting. <laughs> I'm um, sure it is interesting. Sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> uh, and, and we have demonstrations of the railway layout. Um, yes, and you'd be welcome to come along. Yeah, so if you are a local resident... Um, I believe you were telling me it's, it's a discounted rate if you are a local. It is resident. a discounted rate if you're if you're a Bath and North East Somerset resident. Uh, come along and show you all. Um, yeah, that that, 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 that <laughs> chiming by the way is the clock from the Bath Mineral Water Hospital. Oh, um, you took that. I was wondering who took that. <laughs> that yeah, it, it it stood in the entrance lobby of the Bath Mineral Water Hospital, uh, and we were given it when that was wound up when the hospital was was closed yeah my dad used to work right next to it so oh really yeah, he worked in St John's so, so um <laughs> yeah so that every hour we get this sort of clunk from the clock um <laughs> what were we talking about oh admission the prices, prices. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes uh you you get all of that um all of that stuff for um eight pounds it's admission charge uh and uh, the reductions of your local resident um but there is, there's plenty to see inside, like just from artefacts to artefacts or from exhibition to exhibition. I mean, the, the car is, as I mentioned earlier, the car itself is, is certainly one of the outstanding parts. Yeah, but, fun, um, fun for the whole family. Exactly. Well, um, Stuart, thank you very much for joining me today. I hope to come back sometime and we can do another interview and we'll look at some more, some more, <laughs> more parts of the museum because I feel like we've only scratched the surface of the museum itself. Well, you'd be very welcome. 
Yeah, thank you very much for your time. <laughs> okay.